Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business Fun Podcast. I am your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection. To find out how you can offer your guests a better buying experience, more peace of mind in their purchases, and how you can create a new stream of revenue for your organization, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Again, bookingprotect.com, the global leaders in refund protection. Visit them, www.bookingprotect.com. My guest today is a repeat guest, Corey Gibbs. And Corey is a, a good friend of mine, longtime friend. We are both went to Alabama at the same time. We're um, both been all over the place. And I wanted to have Corey back on because he wanted to talk about some of the things that are going on in the bowl, around the college bowls. Uh, one of the things that is like offline, we were talking about pricing and some of the things that go into the overall pricing scheme um, and the way that people think about uh, visiting a bowl game or going to an event or a concert, especially something that is a destination event. Um, so we talked a lot about pricing. We talked a lot about the theory of pricing. We talked about a lot of the factors that go into pricing. Um, and I thought it was just a really good opportunity to have a deep dive on pricing um, and with somebody who maybe doesn't necessarily always talk about this stuff out in the open. So enjoy my second conversation with Corey Gibbs on the Business Fun Podcast. I want to welcome back Corey Gibbs to the Business of Fun Podcast. Corey, what's up, man? Oh, not much. You know, just a holiday season once again with bowl games and everything else going on this time of year with the greatest time of college football and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you know, it's my most favorite time of the year because, you know, uh, what is this, the fifth year of the college football playoff? And uh, uh, Yes. And every year I have a date with Alabama. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you do too. So that's, uh, you know, so that's your favorite time of the year as well. Absolutely, it's uh, it's always always exciting. It's ever changing. Um, you know, it's a moving target, obviously, with with our business. But uh, it's uh, it's fun when your team's in it. That's all that matters, I guess. At the end of the day, fan wise. Well, that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those uh, things. It's like I I don't really uh, ever really seek out to do any business with with the university because I like to keep it a little bit fun and I have uh you know because as soon as I get involved with things it stops being fun and starts being work so I want to always manage to keep that as a uh, fun thing as instead of a professional thing um, yes but that's me. hence the business hence the business of fun that's exactly right um but I wanted to have you on because it is college bowl season and you know uh, not everybody doesn't get is a privy to our private conversation. So I figured it would be interesting for people to hear um, some of the stuff we've been kind of been batting about lately, um, especially around, you know, demand for college bowls and pricing around college bowls. And then we'll probably figure out, we'll end up somewhere else, probably on bread, wine and bourbon, but that's fine. Um, and what I want to, what I want to start out with you is I, can you give me an overview of where the pricing and demand is for the college football playoffs games specifically, or I guess specifically, and then some of the other bowl games. And, you know, is this year a harder or softer year for demand? Um, you know, some of the issues that are really driving uh, attention and demand. Sure. Um, and that's a, you know, obviously that's something I can talk about forever since that's what I do from the time I wake up in the morning until the time I go 
to bed at night this time of year. Um, demand in general, um, I'll just use this as a, as a, as an overview from the, the, the 40,000 foot view is, um, overall bowls is the demand is weak at best. Um, you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out when you're looking on TV, you know, in the, the, whatever, you know, just pick a name, pick a, pick your favorite brand and they probably have a bowl right now. The Bahama um, bowl, right? Isn't there, isn't that a bowl, real bowl? The Bahamas bowl is going on right now today. Um, Toledo, uh, Rockets versus the mighty Florida International, uh, University Panthers and it's 14 to 10 at the half. Um, and there's probably somewhere between, oh, I don't know, 17 and 150 people there. Um, I mean, literally, if you looked, and I'm, I'm being a little comical, but it's not that far off. The, uh, the Boca Bowl the other night, you know, it, it's, it, they literally could not, they had such a tight window on the cameras so that it wouldn't expand outside the first 10 or 15 rows between the 30s, between the 20s. When they would show extra points, it, it was like, oh, are they, actually playing a game i mean it, it really is and i understand those bowls you know it, it boils down to a lot of things and you know notwithstanding the economy because i mean obviously overall no matter you know this is not a political conversation but no matter what your what people say <laughs> take away the last few weeks of the crash of stuff but overall the economy people you know have had discretionary income to go spend on entertainment but the problem is the, the the travel, all of the all of the the ingredients and components of a package to go watch your favorite X Y Z team compete in anything now has just gotten expensive. And then you kick in holiday travel around Christmas and New Year's, and it it even uh, you know elevates it to a different level. So overall, bowl wise is uh, extremely extremely down as far as demand and and. That is evident by pricing, as you and I know. This is a, you know, it's kind of economics 101. Is it's a supply and demand, you know, commodity or, or good, if you want to say. Um, when you look at, you know, and also face values or actual cost, a, a primary cost. Let's not call it face value because 90% of the bowl games now do not even post a price on their ticket. Um, but true, you know, initial cost, I'll say, from the primary has risen to the point where when the demand goes down, the secondary market drops through the floor. I do not have the number, but out of the 41 bowl games, I'm fairly confident in saying that every single one of them to walk in the door minus maybe two are are below below cost below initial cost. Um, I can tell you a few of them that are because I look at them every day. Um, you know, just, and then you went on into, so that first part, the A part of your conversation, overall bold man is, is extremely weak. Prices are significantly less than cost. Um, which I'm guessing you probably are not surprised by that. No, not um, at all. You know, now going to the second level of that, of that question, the B part of the college football playoff, you know, first of all, teams are locked in, you know, December the 1st. So for this game, 
they had 29 day or 28 days from the December the 1st, um, to December 29th. So four full weeks to prepare, sell it, package it, market it, distribute A to Z. Well, all four of the participants did not even send their tickets out until December 17th, 16, 17, 18. So that constricted, and there's a reason they didn't. There's a reason they didn't do that. And, and I can tell you that it's because they did not have their supply, their initial supply allocation sold through the respective universities. Um, I mean, uh, granted, Notre Dame probably did. I, I'm not, I don't know that for a fact, but I can tell you that the Orange Bowl participants, um, did not have their allocation sold. And right. they know that and this looking is a, at dem- before you go on too, this is a good point yeah. that I think people should notice is that because this talk goes back to decision fatigue and just like mm-hmm. participation fatigue is Clemson and Alabama have been in the playoff every year. Oh, Clemson missed the first year, but every year and Oklahoma has right. been in what? This is the third time they've been in Uh 2014 last year. Yep. Three. Yeah. Three out of five. And so this idea of attention becoming, you know, tougher and tougher to gain is playing out in the way that these teams are scheduled and are able to sell their tickets. Absolutely. And, and, and to, to compound that, you look at, you know, they send them out on the 18th, 19th. Well, so the day that tickets, um, came out. So let's just use Orange Bowl because I'm, I can get extremely granular on Orange Bowl and cotton, but especially Orange. Orange Bowl tickets hit the, uh, through the team allocation. Now both teams get approximately 13,000 out of a 65 to 70,000 seat stadium, depending on how you, how you configure. So, um, the, the, the semifinal games, the allocation is much smaller for the participants than the national championship game every year. Um, so for the semis, each team gets, it's either 12-5 or 13-5, depending on who you want to believe. Um, but out of that, the, the Orange Bowl committee and the Cotton Bowl committee or whatever committee you want to call it in New Orleans, it's the Sugar Bowl committee, aka oil and gas board, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it, at that point when, you know, the neutral seats, non-team allocations had already been out for forever. And, and those are obviously the mobile transfer and easier access and, immediacy and instant downloads and all that fun stuff. So the the initial people, as soon as their team locked in, those were available for them to go online and immediately buy. So December the 1st, both markets were, they still weren't great. Face value for Orange Bowl, initial cost on Orange Bowl is 175 for upper level and lower level and $300 for clubs and 250 for the club end zones. The day that tickets came out at 8 a.m. on December the 18th um, on StubHub, the, the 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 quote marketplace that everyone is familiar with. It was a hundred dollars to get go to the Orange Bowl on a hundred and seventy five dollar face value ticket on a second on a prominent secondary market exchange wholesale exchange. It was also a hundred dollars with thirty two hundred and fifty eight seats available. From that point, if you look at every three hours from eight o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night, the quantity went from thirty-two fifty-eight on that day to the peak number of almost forty-two hundred on December the twentieth, less than forty-eight hours prior. Price dropped 
price to get in the door for the Orange Bowl on StubHub dropped from $100 on December the 18th at 8 a.m. to $58 on December the 20th at 8 p.m. So at the end of the, but here's the, here's the, the, the craziest part about it. That entire time, both universities were sending out emails to everyone they had an email for begging them, do you need more tickets to the Orange Bowl? Are you, are you, are you, are you good? Do any more family members want to go? X, Y, Z. Do you want to take your dog? Do you want to take your cat? It's a once in a lifetime opportunity, Corey. That's the email I got. (laughs) It's a once in a lifetime opportunity until, until next year or last year or the year before. But the problem is you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head on the fatigue, but on the fatigue aspect, it, it does make a significant, you, you use fatigue, you know, it's interchangeable with complacency as well. And that's a little more of a, an aggressive term, but look, and, and I'm not saying this as an Alabama alum and grad and fan and everything else like you are, but it's, it's kind of old news right now to people. It's like, how many, championship games can we really afford to go to and whereas in 2008 when we go when we started the year 12 and 0 you know it was it was 175 dollars on the secondary market to walk in the door to watch the alabama arkansas game in 2008 there wasn't hardly a single game this year in tuscaloosa that was 175 dollars to walk in the door the arkansas game the old miss game mississippi state games like that all of them were less than face value. And it's because nothing is, quote, a big game anymore. And, for instance, in in Tuscaloosa. Well, even talk about when you bring that up, too. I mean, talk about the Iron Bowl because everybody, oh, the Iron, Bowl, the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl, you could get tickets for face value or below if you, you know, you waited till the week of the game. It, 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 it has gotten that. This year's Iron Bowl was a little different because the revenge factor came into play. Um, and it held up pretty good. That's the only game this year that pretty much held up. Uh, LSU at LSU did, but I'm telling you, at the end of the day, people are like, well, it's not a big, what's the, what's the big deal of going to watch us, Alabama play, you know, XYZ school that's a conference game, uh, you know, a top, a top 15 matchup because since, since Johnny Manziel beat Alabama in Bryant Denny on that crazy, ridiculous, played the 29-24 game where he fumbled, picked it up, threw it, X, Y, Z. That game in 2012, from that exact day to now, Alabama has lost one game in Bryant-Denny Stadium, which was against Ole Miss in when we got beat 50-43 to 43 and we turned the ball over five times. Of those, of those other, of all the wins, only a handful. So you're talking 2012 to 2018. That's 50, 50 something home games. So in 48 and, or 48 and two, counting that, that loss to A&M in 2012, only a, I would, I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it's probably less than five of those have been by less than double digits. Most of them have been 35 to 50 point wins. It is getting really old to pay a lot of money for people to drive to Tuscaloosa and have to drive home because there are no hotels here. You know how that works. It's a, it's a real college town. It's not like it's a a big, you know, 
conglomerate, gigantic Atlanta or whatever, where there's 14 Marriotts. Well, you can you you know, bring you, up an interesting thing too, because and this is a good good segue into it, right? So you talked about getting to Tuscaloosa, right, and how difficult that yep. is. Um, yep. You know, because that that usually stops me from coming, right? Like, I mean, how many times have you asked me the last two years to come down for a game, and sure. I always try to come, and then it's like, but it takes it's it's a it's a whole day to get from DC to get to Tuscaloosa yes, because it does. It's not like I, you know. There's not really a lot of direct flights to Birmingham for me, so I have to fly to Atlanta. Nope. Then I have to fly to either drive from Atlanta to Tuscaloosa or I drive, fly, fly from Atlanta to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. To still drive yep. an hour, right? It's very difficult. Um, and then, and then at the end of the day, you're looking at, you know, a 70 inch television hanging on the wall that's really good quality <laughs> and a really awesome, comfortable sofa with a refrigerator stocked of whatever your favorite beverage and delivery. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. Well, and, and yeah. you know, I would, you, and, and, and this is coming from somebody who definitely wants to go. But what it brings back up to is a point too, is like we talked about pricing and we, we talked, you, you had an interesting point yesterday when we were talking before when we were planning on doing this thing, was you talked about the entire bulk cost of, and you, you brought it up a little bit before, um, about the, all the inherent costs and, mm-hmm. and you know, the expense of going to the games being so great that people can't necessarily justify it. And I, I really would hope, hope you would explain to people the overall theory sure. behind all of these things like you did to me yesterday where we talked about okay. the sum of a vacation and then yeah. how, you know, like last year's – because everybody's going to point to the Alabama-Georgia game in Atlanta yep. last year. It's like, when, oh, well, the demand must be tremendous for all these games, and it's just not true. No, and and yeah, and, and you're right, and this is something I've spent a, a – fairly significant amount of time of research on as well. But so if you look at the national championship game, if you look at college football national championship game, which we're coming in pretty soon, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, two people that are going to go to a game are going to make a decision that they're going to spend X to go to that event. And it's going to include everything that, that they, (laughs) Every cost that is inherent to the trip from the time they leave their house to the time they get home. And I, I have, you know, pretty much narrowed that down. There's four, you and I talked about it yesterday. There's four key components or ingredients or whatever you want to call, um, that make up that, that expenditure. And it's, it's travel, getting there. It's accommodation, staying there when you get there. It's food and beverage while you're there and it's tickets. Now, you know, that, that doesn't count anything else you do or T-shirts or whatever else. It doesn't matter. But everything on those four core walls, I would call it, are, are, are going to make up that package. In the last few years, that number has been $5,000 for two people to go watch their team or whatever else to go to a national championship college football game and do it remotely right. And when I say it remotely right, that Everyone can, can make a decision what that, you know, is defined as, but to, to fly out there and not take the Amtrak for four and a half days to get to San Francisco or whatever it is, you know, and to stay in somewhere that you feel remotely safe in as a, as a hotel and to not eat off of the dollar menu every single meal from your favorite fast food restaurant and to go to the game physically in the stands in a reserve seat. It, it's, Basically ten thousand. It's five thousand dollars per for two people. So five thousand total. Twenty five hundred a person. 
So when you look at that and you look at the, you know, the different locations, the travel is, is basically a variable cost dealing with a controlled supply, i.e. there's only so many flights into XYZ city, you know, and the, and in prices increase on, on flights as seats diminish. Accommodations, same exact way. There's only so many hotel rooms. Prices increase as they get closer to selling out. Food and beverage is controlled. If you want to eat at Applebee's every meal, you know you can probably spend 15 bucks a person. But there's a number there. Tickets is supply and demand based on the market of what is, quote, left. So like you and I talked about yesterday, normally, if you have to travel to a city, to watch your team play in a college football championship game, it's going to cost somewhere between six and seven hundred dollars a flight. Sometimes more than that if you wait into your team, unless you're crazy like Alabama fans and have been able to book their flights, you know, six months in advance because they will not, you know, would have played in seven out of ten or whatever the crazy number is since two thousand and nine. Um, you know, if you wait until your team locks in and everyone runs to their favorite airline, those flights go away quick and, and dynamic pricing takes place and it's a thousand dollars flight. Okay. So, but let's just use $750 as a normal number. Then you've got either a rental car or Uber or cabs. You know, there's another couple of 250 bucks or for the two people totally. Accommodations. When you go to a city around New Year's or the first of the year and you're battling holidays, and it's a national event that everyone knows prices dynamically raise because they know they can get them. It's just like in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You can stay at the Holiday Inn Express on University Boulevard for $45 tonight. Thursday, Friday, Saturday night before the LSU game, it's 500 and it's sold out a year in advance. It's called supply and demand. Food and beverage, let's just call it $100 a day per person. And it's a three-night minimum because you're not going to travel out there for a one day in and one day out. So when you add all that together, whatever that travel accommodations and food add up to, you minus that away from 5000 and whatever is left is what they're, quote, willing to pay for tickets. And that is where the market settles. Because if that many people decide that's what they're willing to pay and they wait it out, at some point, supply and demand kicks in again, and that's where it settles. So for a normal game, let's just say a normal game, if you got fifteen hundred dollars in flights, you got fifteen hundred dollars in accommodations at four hundred and fifty, five hundred bucks a night for a Marriott or a Weston or whatever it may be. A couple hundred dollars in Ubers or cabs, and six hundred dollars in food. You know, you leave yourself a thousand bucks, which is five hundred bucks a seat. Which isn't that really interesting? That that's pretty much what the face value is now of the national championship from the CFP this year. Upper level seats are four seventy five face. Lowers are 575 and clubs are 675. So in smart, in a smart way, those individuals that are running that event have figured that out as well and they're pricing it at what they feel like market is, is right. Where it goes wrong or not wrong, where it, where, where market demand and, and variables, qualitative variables kick in is when those three Pots are either overflowing with the, the it, or, or cause or they're it's when those three pots of travel accommodations and food and beverage cost more than the average or the norm baseline, it causes the ticket market to crash. We can look back at Phoenix 
just for the first example, Alabama, Clemson, in Phoenix. Expensive to get to Phoenix. Fairly expensive to stay in Phoenix. Pretty expensive to eat in Phoenix. The teams were not known until the 2nd of January, and the game was on the 9th or whatever. So you basically missed the seven-day in advance on your flights. So all of that added together, Alabama had already played in three or four in the last few years. Even though it was Clemson's first game, the day of the game, you could get in for $100 or less on a $450 face value ticket, which people are like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Okay, well, the next year, Alabama plays Clemson again in Tampa, Florida. And everyone's like, oh, well, last year was 100 My friends got in for $100. I'm just going to hold on and wait. Well, guess what? Clemson and Alabama, if they really want to, can pile up in the Jeep Cherokee and drive from Clemson, South Carolina, or Atlanta, or Birmingham, or Mobile, and be in Tampa over and not even have to spend the night. So that does away with your $700 a person for needing a flight. Now you've got $100 worth of gas. And you could stay in Orlando or somewhere else where there's 8 billion hotel rooms for 150 bucks a night or 100 bucks a night or the local casino or whatever it is across in St. Petersburg. So that drops that from 500 a night to 300 a night. And you can eat fairly cheap in Tampa and Orlando area. So let's drop that down to 50 or 60 bucks. Well, now you're only spending a thousand, maybe $2,000 total on those three pots, which leaves $3,000 left for tickets. And they're like, oh, well, we have this money left, and suppliers realize that, and the market goes up because it was a small stadium. Supply diminishes, da-da-da, whole nine yards, which is why it was a thirteen dollars to $1,400 get-in ticket on the day of the game for Alabama Clemson in Tampa, 15 times what it was 365 days before because of those qualitative variables that kick in. And then last year, you you hit the, the you know, you basically go completely off the rails where – That was lotto. You, it, you 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 came up with the Powerball that time. It, that, that last year was the absolute just you know stars align things weird happen you know you pick everything perfectly ninety five percent of all attendees at the national championship game last year at Mercedes Benz could drive to the game um, over fifty maybe fifty sixty percent of them because it was probably, to be honest and, and really, really lenient, it was probably 75% Georgia, 15% Alabama, 10% local slash corporate. So maybe 80% of those people could literally wake up at home, have breakfast, watch game day, get dressed, go down, have lunch, go to the game, and drive home that night. So at, at the end of the day, you know, all those Georgia people, there's there's no flight cost. So they've got, what, $50 in gas? Maybe they park outside at the MARTA and take the MARTA in for $10 and then take a cab around to get food or whatever. So let's throw another 50 bucks in. Accommodations, maybe if they drove from North Georgia or Birmingham, maybe they stayed one night. And let's just throw 350 bucks at one of the random multiple hotels there at the Westin or, or – or Marriott that has a thousand rooms. Yeah, you're, not even talking about like, you're not even talking no. about in Atlanta, like having to go to like the no. outskirts or anywhere. You no. could stay right in this, in the core of you downtown can, Atlanta can, at yes. like a good hotel. And it's going to yes. be 200 bucks. Exactly. Even so during and a huge I was being event. Nice there. That throws three fifty into it. If you really like upgrade your room and you order room service, I'm talking about your total bill out the door and then your food and beverage, just say 
you spend a couple hundred bucks, which you can eat enough for a small country inside of Mercedes Benz for $200 with their new concession prices. So what was left? $4,300. How much was it to get in the door on game day for the day of the game? $2,2100 a person. It, it just, it floats into that 5000 minus the core costs and whatever's left is where the ticket market adjusts to, which is why this year, and I've told you this before, San Francisco is expensive any time of the year. Most expensive city in the country. It's more expensive than New York, more expensive than D.C., Chicago, whatever. You know, right now, even if you go online it's right now and try to, to fly, to. It's, impo- it's difficult to get. And this is not even San Francisco. It's Santa Clara, Santa which is, Clara, which which is 45 minutes to tougher. an hour away. Right now from Birmingham, you can't fly in on on Saturday for less than $850 a person. I mean, so, and when, and when the games are announced, if, if Alabama is fortunate enough to beat Oklahoma, it's going to go to over 11 or 1200. And then you've got to take an Uber from San Francisco because most people don't want to stay in Santa Clara because there's really nothing to do there. Um, you know, you've got a couple of hundred bucks of Ubers back and forth and then go try to book a room at the Holiday Inn in San Francisco right now. It's 700 a night at the Staybridge Suites because the Western St. Francis and the Marriott's 100% booked because there's two ginormous healthcare conventions going on during the same exact weekend and week. So at this point, it doesn't take real, you know, super math to figure out. You spend 2000 on flights and 2000 on rooms and a couple hundred on Ubers and eating in San Francisco, which is you can't even eat fast food for $15 a person per meal. You have no money left for tickets. It's, it's in, and now granted, there's a caveat in here. If it, there, there's the Notre Dame factor, if Notre Dame gets in, it's not going to be super cheap because Notre Dame is a national brand. You get that as a marketer. I mean, Notre Dame is 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 the Cowboys. Right, and they haven't the, won in since the nineties. Their footprint, yeah, and their footprint is. I mean, you know, the last time they went and, and played in Miami against Alabama in 2012, you know that. Um, that game was very strong because of the Notre Dame factor. So if Notre Dame beats Clemson and Alabama gets in or even if Oklahoma gets in, it will be, it'll, it won't, it still will not be a super strong market in by any means, but it'll be respectable. I mean, I'll just say this. I mean, it, it's, it's, if it's Alabama and Clemson again, further away than it was in Phoenix, um, Oh, nobody's going to that. <laughs> you know, I don't. I, now, but, the, but then you throw the other. The game's going to be on empty seats on Twitter. <laughs> well, no, and I, and I think it'll still be okay, but it, to an extent, just depending because you've got people that want to sit with certain people in certain places, and and but you've also got the Silicon Valley money too, and and at some point that factor will play, and that's that's the X factor. I believe that a lot of people, it's hard to to really quantify right now because that factor it just depends i mean you know if a couple if three or four major corporations in in the valley there decide they want to send employees then you know what's thousand fifteen hundred two thousand dollars to send someone to you know you know either really really good uh staff or employees or or, or clients to a game if you're a multi-billion dollar company right you know it's just there, there's that factor that's very um you know, it, it, it has to be played into. But to answer your overall question with all of that rigmarole is 
demand for all bowls are obviously down. And it doesn't, that's not just a guess or, a, or that's verifiable by just going and looking at the market. It's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, there's, there's bowl games you can go to for, for, you know, less than a $20 bill. I mean, hell, you can go to the, I can go, to the, Navy, for, I can go to the Navy bowl for like 20 bucks, I think. Yeah. And that's go to, half hour from here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can go to the Orange Bowl for fifty-eight. Yeah. Well, I told you the problem. And that's, though, and that's a like, semifinal. Remember, this is where this this conversation started, is because the um, I could get a decent hotel, I could get the ticket, but then the air the flights were like a thousand bucks a person. Exactly. And I was exactly. just like, uh, for three days, I don't really like. Even to me, it's not worth. It was wasn't worth it. I was like, I would yeah. rather like you know do something else. Right, because mm-hmm. when you start talking about stuff like that, you're, you know, it's um, if anybody who's followed along with this thing is like, I just got back from London on a family vacation, and I, the amount of money it would cost me to go to uh, Miami for the Orange Bowl, right, yeah. was comparable to what it cost me to go to London to see the Spurs versus Chelsea in the Premier Ooh. League. So, I mean, you know, wh- which one do you cho- which one do you pick? Exactly. Well, and and you know, just as taking a very brief, quick look. You know, let's look at the at the new the quote New Year's Six, the quote big bowl games. Rose Bowl, you can go to the Rose Bowl for less than a hundred bucks. The Cotton Bowl is holding up fairly okay because of the Notre Dame factor. It's 140, 150 bucks to walk into the stadium at the Cotton Bowl. Um, you know, Fiesta Bowl. You know, since Central Florida, I'm about to completely go off the rails here, but you know, since Central Florida is such a big draw in there. They believe so much in themselves that they, you know, want to beef up their schedule. They get to go play LSU, um, in Glendale. And right now, let's just see. I'm just going to, let's do a, let's do a poll, the, uh, poll of the day Wegman audience for you. How much do you think it costs to buy two tickets to go to the watch uh, LSU in Central Florida? Give me a number. Two tickets, uh, where, what, like what kind of seats? What, what, what just get in the door, upper level, just, just get in the keeping door, it, keeping it, keeping it across the, the control there. I'm going to be generous and say 75 bucks for the pair. Okay. Um, I can get you a pair for $18 and 40 cents, $9 and 20 cents a seat, section 423, row 10. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I was much too generous. You were very generous. I was going to say fifty bucks, but uh, that, even yeah. then, I would have been <laughs> much yeah. too generous. I mean, even even you look at you know the Sugar Bowl, which you know you have Texas, you know, going to a New Year's Day Bowl for the first time since forever. I mean, you can sit in the lower level and the one hundred level in at the Sugar Bowl for less than a hundred dollars right now. I mean, it's it really is. I mean, fifty bucks to get in the Sugar Bowl, Georgia versus Texas, two of the. Two of the most those are blue blood, blue blood those programs. are blue blood. Yeah. Yes. That's that's Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, Louisville basketball type Final Fourish conversation. Yeah. But it's um you know it is what it is, as yeah. we all say. Right. But um it's gonna be you know, it, it's gonna be interesting to see and and and, and you know, you, you people can argue there's quote too many bowls and there's too many games. And, you know, it's like we've mentioned before, just the expanding thing. Well, you know, we won't get into that rabbit hole, but, you know, it, it's not. Well, you have a hard cutoff, so we, we have to be. Exactly. Well, I'm just saying that that entire. We could that, be here all that, day. That, that conversation <laughs> on the expansion, you can go so many different places. But, you know, it, it's a business and it's a business optimized decision. And they're never there's so many there's so many pieces of the puzzle that. Personally, I believe 
will not have will not allow for expansion for a while. Number one, the 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 presidents and the ads and and wanting to keep the the New Year's Six bowls relevant and you know keeping the SEC's championship game and the ACC because those those conference championship games are 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 bell cows for you know the the the, the conferences and they're not getting rid of that. Uh, I think I told you earlier it was a great quote from a quote an anonymous SEC athletic director when asked. What do you think that what do you, what percent would you say the SEC would be willing to get rid of the SEC championship game to expand to eight? And he goes less than zero. Um, that's not good odds. Well, and you, the part of this thing, I mean, there's a lot of issues. Like as from a marketing standpoint, there's so many. But from the first thing is like the SEC had has a first mover advantage from having always been the leader of putting out a championship game for their team. So regardless of whether or not the SEC is having an up year or a down year, their perception from leading the way is always that they are a leader in college football. Why would Absolutely. they give that away for a bunch of teams who, you know, and here's the, here's one conferences that are, that are um, leading a push like this, right? Haven't invested in their programs a lot, mm-hmm. you know, as much as they should have, you know, aren't spending their money wisely now, you know, or, you know, cause I mean, it won't take, I'm not going to point fingers, but it doesn't take too, too long of a Google search to figure out like, Oh, who are the, who are the leagues pushing for something like this? The ones who sure. can't compete because they haven't been spent until recently. Their best teams haven't been spending money on their programs. Right. Um, yep. you know, or, or well, they don't, or they don't spend the money. Or wisely. they don't, or they, they choose not to, or what? And, and then they say, Oh, we're, they don't we're, market we're, the league effectively. Correct. They get pushed around by TV. Right. Which is a big issue. You know, and, and yep. we're going to run out of time here because it's the good versus commodity thing that you talked about before. But this mm-hmm. is the thing. It's like some of these teams and leagues, and this goes across the thing, get pushed around by TV, right? Yes. And they allow themselves to become a commodity. And, you know, this is a conversation like I had Sam Sherman on a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about tickets being a commodity. And I was like, well, I think you have, you have it's this commoditization of the, of the games and the content and the tickets and yep. everything that's screwing everything up. Right, you have to think of this as something well, of value, and I think it's very easy to for sure. throw it all away and be like, "Well, uh, the inter- like the TV executives say they need some content for at six p.m. on a Sunday night. Um, I- I'm going to move my game kickoff to then. Yep. Who cares about my fans and my customers well, and my alumni and everybody? And there are there are there are situations. I just pulled up the the the. Uh, championship sites for the next you know they're set for all the way through 2024 right now you could tell me within within reason that there's going to be two pretty solid blue blood teams in the in game you know team a versus team b whether that's georgia texas lsu notre dame alabama oklahoma ohio state pick any one out of the top 12 this year any two of those combinations and and I can, within fairly reasonable measure, tell you which ones are going to be a fairly expensive-ish ticket and which ones aren't. I mean, you know, you've got Tampa was big. Atlanta was big. Easy to get to. This year, Levi Stadium, Santa Clara. Mm, stand by for that one. Next year, it goes back to New Orleans. does not matter who's in that game. It, I, I firmly believe and have told 100 It'll be a good ticket. bazillion people this. It, Every national championship college football game should be played in New Orleans. It's easy. You dump the fan bases out into the middle of the city. They have walk, walking to hotels, walking to restaurants, walking to bars, and walking to the stadium. You have hardly no DUIs. You have no deaths except 
for people, whatever. I mean, it's fun I'm just saying, for everybody. It's, it's, it's a fun atmosphere. It's a college championship venue and town. The next year, it goes to Miami. Depending on who's in it, could be okay. The next year, in 2022, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I, I mean, the next year, 2023, Hollywood Park Stadium in Los Angeles. I, I mean, it's, 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 it is really interesting to see, but it's like you said before, it's all about, you know, the dollar at the end of the day and the expense associated and the bid process of allowing the championship game to be bid on versus rotating back and forth through, you know, the, the, the core six or the big six or the new year six or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And, I, and, and at the end of the day, I, to me, it all comes down to, it's a marketing thing and it's a, a, a fan yep. experience thing. Absolutely. And the pricing thing is interesting because you, you know, everybody gets, you know, frustrated with the pricing one way or the other, up or down, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the whole, the, the whole thing is an, is interesting to look at on the whole because it all, you know, the, the buyer, the ticket buyer, the customer, the fan isn't looking at it as like, oh, the tickets are this or this. They are looking at it, like you said, as a holistic thing, right? And it's Absolutely. just, you know, um, and, and I don't, there's no not guilty parties involved, right? Um, you know, cause the secondary market is guilty, uh, uh, you know, of some, of sometimes pushing the prices up to uh, absurd levels, but they're also, you know, guilty of, uh, running a race to the bottom that bottoms out and guts the value of the tickets, right? I mean, you know, and the sure. same thing with like the airlines and the, uh, hotels, even though yep. people usually don't complain about getting cheap flights or cheap hotel rooms. <laughs> Right. That's the difference and, and, between, and that's tic- the thing between is tickets and people, <laughs> people want to jump up and down and scream and say, Oh, it's unfair. It's unfair when, when tickets go through the roof price, but, and they're, you know, quote above face value, whatever you want to call it, but they have no problem buying the $2 NBA tickets when they're, you know, dropped through the floor. Well, literally they, they do have a problem because they just ignore. The whole thing. Well, of course. And this, is, and this is the problem, you know, and this is probably a bigger problem, is that when you're chasing, when you view what you're selling as a commodity, right, and the only thing, the only variable is whether or not somebody else is feels like it's hot or not hot, yep. you've lost the narrative. And I think that, you know, thinking about pricing like this in the, con- in the bigger context is important because it Absolutely. helps you make some better decisions and you can kind of customize and design a uh, asset and an experience well, that, that you and have that, more and that control is an, over. That is a completely, completely, entirely. That's its own episode in itself that we can revisit in in the spring because you know I have a a lot of a lot of uh, yeah. vested interest into that topic through some academic ventures. So that's an area we can also uh, discuss. Well, that's probably. right. The next, probably the next time, hopefully I'll be able to call you Dr. Corey. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's, let's knock on wood and, uh, <laughs> and cross everything we have two of. So uh, it looks like um, <laughs> that's, that's the plan. So yeah, let's, uh, let's plan it. Yeah. It was great to, it was great to be on. Always, uh, always enjoy talking. It's always fun to talk to you. Um, where can I point people so they can find you since I know we got a, we got a hard out on this one. Um, Ticket Solutions is our is a, is our company. Um, as you said, we we pretty much do everything, not just bowl games, everything from college to Super Bowl, Masters, Derby, uh, everything start to finish, Broadway concerts. Uh, we're, you know, our my uh, my my direct is two zero five five three five three zero six five or Corey at TicketSolutions dot com, and um, 
always willing to, to actually uh, practice customer service and customer centricity to those and talk to people and uh, actually uh, go through the process of putting people what they want and where they want and when they want versus uh, letting them pick and choose off of a random board. Right. I, and I think um, I don't I try not to make these things sound like commercials for people, at least coming from me. But I can say that if anybody is looking to work with a ticket agent, Corey is the closest person to recreate what I used to do of anybody that's working today. It's you know, and, and I think that's why we're friends. Uh, I, I agree. We focus, on, Absolutely. we focus on people and it's very important to put people first. And, and, it, and it was an industry built on relationships. And unfortunately, as a whole, our industry has, has seemingly gotten away from that. And to me, that's sad because when I started this 24 and a half years ago from my dorm room, that's what I started with was building on relationships and, you know, there's ups and downs in every industry, but if you have a core, a core competency that is built around relationships and, uh, and loyalty, uh, you know, it, that'll carry you through anything pretty much business wise. Corey doesn't remember this, but I sold him my tickets to the Alabama Tennessee game at Legion Field one year. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Corey, man, I know you got to go. So thanks for doing Absolutely, this. Absolutely, buddy. Have, a, this, have a great holidays and I uh, look forward to talking to you soon. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Once again, I want to thank my friend Corey Gibbs from Ticket Solutions for taking the time to talk to me. As always, you can find out more about what I'm up to by visiting me on my website at www.davewakeman.com. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at David Wakeman. You can also connect me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on all these social media platforms. Uh, if you have any ideas, questions, comments, concerns, you would like to get my weekly newsletter, you can email me. It is my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com. And finally, if you dig what I'm doing with the podcast, I'd love it if you'd become a subscriber. It's free. We're on all the major podcasting platforms now. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, I think all of those things. Um, and most importantly, if you really like it and you subscribe, if you take a moment or two to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. Because this helps people discover the podcast and it helps make sure that I can continue to con deliver these conversations and this content that helps you. And as always, I want to thank my friends at Booking Protect for sponsoring the show. To find out more about Booking Protect, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com and find out how you can put the global leader in refund protection to work for your organization to provide your clients a more customized buying journey, a better buying experience, more peace of mind in their purchases, and maybe most importantly, create a new stream of revenue for you and your organization. Uh, once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. And until next time, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you again soon.